99 cents. You heard me. Canada's number one source for magic singles has 99 cents shipping on all orders across Canada. Order online at facetofacegames.com. Crazy Talk is brought to you by ManorDeprived.com, Canada's number one resource for the latest Magic the Gathering strategy, decks, articles, comics, videos, and podcasts. Hey everyone, this is KYT. Welcome to episode 19 of Crazy Talk. Um, <laughs> I'm here with the whole gang. We got Jonathan Medina. Frankie Richard and obviously Alex Hain joining us with uh, hopefully another hour plus of legacy slash modern talk. <laughs> yeah. How's it going, everyone? Good, good. Hey, guys, don't get too excited about this legacy talk, okay? <laughs> we all have been pretty much out of the legacy game, and uh, there's a whole new format, and so we might just talk about that. And plus... All of you guys bitched last time we talked about other formats, and I thought that was awesome. So maybe we'll just do that this time. <laughs> Teach you a lesson. You know? yeah, everybody we've had, uh, I expected the four, uh, the older episode to go over well, but, uh, yeah, we've got some a lot of negative uh, feedback saying that we should stick to, <laughs> to Strictly Legacy. Yeah, that's effectively the way of saying more Alex, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you want, to we want like... more actual content, guys. More real content. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Frank, how's it going? Not bad. So later on in the show, we, we've got possibly Drew Levin uh, joining us, and uh, you know, there's there's a lot of to, to talk about with him. Obviously, um, he's also. Uh, queued for Protar Philly with his performance at GP Providence, and uh, most recently he's tweeted about a lot of uh, cheating. <laughs> and uh, I've had some tweets uh, from people that wanted me to bring it up, possibly. But first of all, John has been, you know, dying to tell us how he was able to uh, win with his. Uh, an orthodox version of Reanimator, right? <laughs> I've been dying to tell you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dying. Yes, oh, yes, I've yes. Been Honestly, dying. John, if someone doesn't wins as rarely as you do, every time it's a big, you know, excitement. <laughs> well, it's 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 hard when when KYT's talking about how uh, Drew Levin is queued for uh, for Pro Tour and how he did great at this GP. And then he's like, oh, and Jonathan really wants to tell us about how he... Dying. Well, dying. He's dying to tell us about how he won this, you know, 12-person legacy tournament. <laughs> well, there were 12 people. That's two more than last time you won a tournament. Oh, man. It could have been It could have been 15. Who knows, man? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, man. So, well, for you, yeah. it's a big win, man. Yeah, I, I guess it's all about perspective, right? Right. It's all okay. relative. It is relative. Like, people who are not as, like, skillful, like Alex, you know, there's people like me who are just, like, on the, on the like, on the the training wheels, you know, which, or... Which one, which one of us, John, is qualified for the Pro Tour? It's not you. That's why I said skillful, like Alex. 
that you said not skillful, I believe. That's no, I said some people are not skillful like Alex. Okay. See, yeah, I was trying to compliment you, bro. <laughs> that, could be, that could be misinterpreted like it was. Oh, I'm uh, glad you cleared that up. <laughs> I, I, I'm proud of your accomplishment, Alex. I'm proud Thank of you. you. I, I think I'm it's proud awesome. Of you too, seriously. You know, winning a 12-man legacy tournament is surprisingly hard, guys. <laughs> so, so all right. So, story time, guys. I hey, think I think I uh, I beat uh, Medina on that feat because I won a four-person uh, release event in it for M12. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should hear about that instead. I I basically beat the three other guys and uh, I took twelve packs home. <laughs> oh man! Hey, before we get into story time, did, did one of us want to do the five, or do we want to just move past that? Uh, I can do the five. I'll take the bullet. I'll take the bullet. Nice. <laughs> All right. So why don't you hit him up, KYT? Okay. Question one, Alex. How did you get into Legacy? Um, well, there was uh, well, there was one of my friends who was had been playing Magic for a long time. In fact, he'd been playing like he basically quit playing like just when I started. And so I bought a deck from him for two hundred bucks. It had like Tundras, Fetchlands, Force of Wills. So it was a pretty good buy for me. You know, I don't think he would have sold it to like someone who wasn't his friend for that price. And it was like a Stasis deck, so you know. I, I found that sort of thing fun, and there's a local tourney at the at Fast to Fast, so I brought that deck and you know played played some games. I went like three two or something because you know the deck wasn't that good compared to other legacy decks people were playing. Like some guy went turn one Dark Ritual, Thought sees you, play him next turn Bob or whatever, and I just got wrecked. But uh, play who? What? Play who? You said uh, Dark Ritual, Thought sees you play him. Yeah, and then next turn he play Bob. No, who did he play after on the Dark Ritual? He played he played Thought sees and him. Yeah, but who's Dark, him? Him to Turek. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotcha on that one. No, <laughs> John, no, none more, no more of that. I'm the one who's supposed to ter- tell the terrible jokes, okay? Oh, I know. You're supposed I'm, to be clever. Come on. That's I'm, I'm you know, I'm metagaming, dude. I'm breaking. You're it. supposed to try to be clever. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Not everyone can be the star of the show, Frank. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I didn't think much of Legacy, and then uh, I saw the GP. I forget which one it was, where Flash Hulk was around. And, uh, you know, I thought, like, this format is stupid. Why are there people in that top eight playing mono black and goblins? Like, <laughs> like what is wrong with this format? But then uh, then I saw the next GP where Nassif won, and, like, I thought his counterbalance deck was sick, and I loved the sideboard of 15 one-ofs. And uh started, like, crushing with that deck and learning more about the format, and that's really how I got into it. Wow. When when was the last time Stasis was good? Um, before like, was I started it a real playing. deck? <laughs> yeah, like just before that. The... I just remember like playing it. I was playing it like casually and in multiplayer, and like I'd have a howling mind and play. Everybody like was all happy. No one was attacking me, and then I play Stasis, and like 
you could not see like people get angrier faster. <laughs> I learned about like multiplayer politics at that point <laughs> pretty quickly. Just so that's I that's turned over from EDH. Now I just like learn never play anything that people don't like. Just be like, yeah, yeah, I'm cool. You want to keep me alive? Here's a cami of the crescent moon. Yeah. <laughs> um. So question two. What's your favorite magic card and why? Um, I mean, I like a lot of different magic cards, but uh, Gifts Ungiven is probably my, my favorite. It's uh, it's super powerful, and it does really, really unfair things. Uh, and it rewards you for both, like, your skill and punishes your opponents for their lack of skill. <laughs> like, like... I don't I don't like like vintage gifts where you like play gifts and just like win every time, right? You're just like, yeah, I'll find those four cards, you're dead, and then just, <laughs> just you know. Whereas but in like type two you can't cast the card, you have to get like the perfect four cards and your opponent has to give you the right to you know, it, for you to lose. But if they give you any other combination of the cards other than those two, you're gonna win. And so like you have to pick the right four cards and then they have to screw up and then you can win. So that that was that was fun. And like the card's super flexible. Like I, I played it for four lands so many times. Like I played in extended, old extended, in the heartbeat deck. I played for island, snow covered island, forest, snow covered forest. Deck played like half snow covered forest, half snow covered islands, just for that reason. It was sick. But uh, <laughs> but like realms uncharted or whatever is is, is crap. So because like, you can't, don't have the option of not getting lands. <laughs> I actually top aided my first PTQ uh, playing that extended deck. Had four gifts and four factor fiction. It was just so sick. Wow. I love I love like you know all that card advantage. I'm I'm all about value. <laughs> <laughs> um, question three: What would you like to be known for in the Magic community, and why should we care? I want to be the bad guy. I want to be the villain <laughs> of the Pro Tour. Oh well, man! The Pro Tour has been missing a villain for a while. You know, like I don't want to be like Mike Long, you know, known for like cheating or whatever. I just want to be the guy that everyone hates, and it's like, oh fuck, it's that guy winning again. You know, I want to keep winning. Have you guys like, oh fuck, come on, lose, lose, lose. LSB, go LSB, crush that guy. But you know, because I'm just such a bam slash asshole or whatever. You know, we have Phyrexians, we've got Nicol Bolas, we've got the Eldrazi, but like, it, you know, in in the actual card game, but like, who doesn't have a fucking badass villain? You know. Unless oh, you count Jay Elrar, man, that guy is fucking beast. <laughs> All right, I got news for you, Alex. Is, are you sitting down? <laughs> I'm not going to be able to personify the badass of the Pro Tour. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not happening, bro. <laughs> man, insane Hain, man. He's, uh, he's just oh, nuts, man. man. He's, he's like, you know, he's, he's like crazy. The, He's like the white kid in the suburbs who puts on, like, baggy jeans and puts his hat backwards and thinks he's, like, a gangster, you know? <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to cut you down. Oh, man. Oh, next question. <laughs> <laughs> question four. You're going to get into a bar fight, and you can pick one member of the Magic community to get your back. Who's your pack one pick one? Man, I, I snap pick Peter Sacklass. That guy is fit. I've been to the gym with him, and, he, and you know, he, he's like a beast. Like he's just like, yeah, you know, I like how much weight do you do? I'll do like three times that, bro. And like he's not that huge a guy, you know? And plus he knows martial arts. And, you know, he told me that he's got my back, so as long as there are no guns involved. But, uh, but honestly, like I can even misclick on uh, or mispick that pack and probably still win the draft. You know? <laughs> 
as as Rob, I believe, uh, who was a guest on Crazy Talk before, said, uh, I have some martial arts experience myself as well as the perfect amount of crazy. <laughs> I was gonna say, don't 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 mess with me. I was gonna say, man, why do you even pick someone? You're just such a badass on the pedestal <laughs> that you know <laughs> you don't even need to pick someone, do you? Yeah, you well, can handle that bar fight. If I could pick myself, I would, you know. <laughs> that should have been your answer. That should have been your answer. <laughs> no, we can't go back and edit. <laughs> too bad. Too bad. How about uh, Matt Schmaltz? Like, he's a guy who seemed like to me. It seems like he would. He would piss off people in bars, you know. How does he fare in that department when the when the <laughs> guys come uh, come for him? <laughs> Not that bad. Like I've actually never seen Match Maltz get into a fight in a bar. Though I was once in one. Got like I was like so so tanked that uh, this, I like threw a drink on some guy and he came after me. Or whatever. It was really funny. <laughs> That's called assault. That's not a bar fight. Do you know, you do you know anyone? Do you know anyone from the magic community who got into a bar fight? Oh, man. Oh, man. But James Salty Bo is probably the funniest drunk I've ever met. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going out on uh, Saturday. Are you coming? No, I'm going to be at uh, GP Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. You you already posted that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it should, should be fun. I don't know. He may be more controlled in, in a small group, but he told, he told, you know, he said, man, I was so embarrassed after we went out that time. You know, I've never been, I haven't been so hungover in 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're going to be at Pittsburgh? Yeah. That's Are you going to be there? Right? Yes. I wasn't going to go. Oh, shit! Oh, <laughs> Can this be? But, but my buddy was like, hey, I got to sell some cards. You want to go to GP Pittsburgh with me for Saturday? So I might go up there Saturday. Oh my oh God, God. Alex and John. <laughs> John, take a picture together. Something, yes, man. Please. <laughs> oh man. Oh man, we can battle. We can have a. We can have a. We can have a magic game, John. Yeah, we can play magic, and then if you beat yeah, me, we can play, how about how about we do this? We give like we play seven games in a row. If I win all of them, you give me ten bucks. <laughs> if you win a single one, I give you ten bucks. Any format? Uh, modern, modern. <laughs> <laughs> no, how about we play Legacy? Ooh. Ooh. Since, you know, that's what... You guys have to <laughs> film the whole thing. If I win one game in Legacy, you're going to give me $10. One in seven. seven. Yeah. Wow. This guy's got balls, man. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I'm a pretty big badass. <laughs> All right. All right. If I, go, if I go on Saturday, we'll battle. Sick. Oh, man. Sick. <laughs> Someone has to film this. Get your $10 ready, bro. <laughs> I want that in one dollar bills. Who's, who's, one your cam- by you. who's your camera? Who's your cameraman, uh, Jonathan? I'm gonna get Richard Castle. I'm gonna get it inside the deck himself to uh, to film it. <laughs> no, I don't know, dude. I don't know who's the cameraman. I was, uh, I've I've seen like I've seen a few videos. Like the what was the uh, the drawing? Oh, the the voting. Yeah, the voting. Who yeah, yeah. That? I did. Oh, you did. Well, yeah. so you have filming capacities. I just have a, a iPhone. I filmed it with my iPhone. Oh. We were all we were all just eating and we were voting on those uh, on those uh, greatest MTG moments, and uh, and Jr. was drinking a uh, hundred ounces of beer. 
So uh, since he was drinking 100 ounces of beer, he was really drunk. So, so voting on that stuff was hilarious because he was just, like, losing his mind. So, anyways, let's get back to the question. Ask the last one, John. It's all yours. All right, Alex. Besides challenging me to a legacy duel <laughs> on Saturday, <laughs> what is the craziest thing you've ever done? I plead the fifth. <laughs> oh man he's going to be like one time I was taking a test in school and I didn't know the answer so I looked over to the person next to me is that, is that your like real answer that's the answer that you like pretended was about archery or something <laughs> yeah that was me <laughs> archery <laughs> but come on you can't plead the fifth you gotta give us something bro fine um, I'm a pretty crazy guy, so it's kind of hard to pick just one. Yeah. Um, been chased by wild dogs in Portugal. I almost got killed by a bear in the Yukon. I almost drowned and had to climb a 100-meter cliff in New Brunswick without any gear to survive. Um, I snuck a sword past airport security. <laughs> I've lost 40 pounds in two months, quit drugs, cold turkey with some still right by my, my bedside. Uh, passed a course without going to a single class or midterm or studying. When assignments and midterms worth 40%, they needed 60% to pass. Uh, I taught myself calculus when I was 11. Learned how to play chess at 2. Um, won a fight against five kids when I was 9. Leaving them with some scars to remember me by. <laughs> um, I remembered a guy I hadn't seen in 15 years just by the smell of him. <laughs> and uh, there's a whole lot more that, that one was a little sure. bit G-bomb not gonna but, lie uh, <laughs> but oh yeah oh yeah and once I attacked my roommate naked while he was cooking pastas <laughs> so I mean after oh, all man, the, don't go there you're, being, you're bringing up bad memories after all of that life experience I hope you never have to really see one of your roommates naked <laughs> So after all that life experience, Alex, you still don't know the difference between crazy thing and crazy things, do you? Because I said, what's the craziest thing you've ever done? Thing, not things. So you got to give us one, dude. And I want to talk about this bear in the Yukon. Tell us a story behind that. All right. Well, um, I'm hiking with my dad through the Yukon. And uh, we're, we're going basically up this mountain and turn around the corner, and there's a mother bear with her cubs. And uh, <laughs> she just, like, looks at us, and we, like, start backing up. And she, like, starts moving towards us, and we start backing up and keep backing up slowly around the corner. And then we fucking run, 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 run. And, like, we we keep running. We see the bear, like, is, is coming after us. But uh, we, like, go around a corner and hide, and... Doesn't didn't seem to follow us anymore. It's pretty <laughs> pretty scary. <laughs> Not yeah, it sounds pretty scary. Because for, for a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you would be you would be pretty fucking scared. Uh, I would probably kick that bear's ass. Is probably what would happen. <laughs> and then I would cook its little young for dinner. Oh, oh man. Yeah. 
Oh, but man, you wouldn't, last, you wouldn't last five minutes in Canada, man. Hey, hey, I'm not, I'm not the badass of the Pro Tour, so I don't know, man. Well, neither am I, neither am I. I'm just saying what I would like to be known as. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, all right. Good good show, Alex. Uh, all, the, all of those things that you told us were very informative and interesting. Surprisingly interesting. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm surprisingly interesting for, for you know... As, yeah. as boring as my jokes are and stuff. Yeah, you you seem you have a boring exterior. Yeah, I know. But you really have this interesting inside, you know. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to explore that in season two of Crazy Talk for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Get get to know the inner Alex. The inner Alex. Yeah, I've been yeah. I've been been practicing a lot of for because this past weekend was Canadian Nationals. The next weekend is Pittsburgh, and the weekend after that is the Pro Tour. So I've been kind of like stressed out with all this this crap to, to prepare for. Because I like you know I want to do well so that I can keep going on the Pro Tour. Yeah, and man, like, you'll do you'll do fine. You just have to uh, like Jerry T's favorite piece of advice: take it yes. one round at a time. Yeah. Don't don't think about winning, dude. Just go out there and play your best, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, have to have to have a good deck and stuff too. You know, be be prepared. No, actually, I have a story about not having a good deck and winning a tournament. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So let's hear the story now. All right, <laughs> segue time. <laughs> so on that note, like I feel that whenever I do good in a Magic tournament, any tournament it is, it's always when I just feel like playing Magic. It's never when I, like, think about decks, research them online, like, uh, you know, play test them. I never do well when I do that. It's always when I'm like, oh, man, this week has been crap. I just want to just play some cards. Like, that's all I want to do, you know? So, like, I had one of those weeks um, this last week, and there was game day coming up, right? And uh, after game day, the local store had, like, game day at, like, 10... Until, like, whenever. And then, like, after game day at, like, 6 o'clock, they were doing a legacy tournament at night, you know? So I was like, oh, dude, like, I can just play so much magic that day. I can play in game day, and then I can play in legacy, right? So for for game day, I brought my blue-red brew. Uh, did I show you the deck list, KYT? Oh, yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. I brought that. Did, oh, yeah, I think did I it involve... Destructive Force? Oh, I was so close to putting Destructive Force in there, but I have a, I have, I have a problem with that card, bro. Yeah, <laughs> me and that card just don't get along. You want to hear a story? Canadian Nationals. I see Francis Cormier, a friend of mine, excellent, excellent player. Round two, he's playing against a big red deck who has he's playing he he's playing blue black control, and the big red deck has both Koth and Chandra a Blaze, not a Blaze, um, the new one, Firebrand, Firebrand in play. And goes minus two with Koth, add mana, minus two with Chandra, play Destructive Force copied, and Ooh. kills the Grave Titan tokens in all of Cormier's lands. <laughs> and uh, still has Chandra and Koth in play. And I was like, whoa! <laughs> you know, like, I never felt so bad for a Magic player in my life. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the worst part is I was talking about brewing that deck with someone. The Destructive Force, Chandra... Uh, cloth deck. The thing is, you would like somehow find a way to go kill your own planeswalkers. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, float mana, uh, destructive force, bolt my planeswalkers. 
Oh, oops. I guess I lose. <laughs> well, I did no such thing. At game day, I played the brew, and I um, went undefeated till the finals, and I was paired up against my buddy Taylor, who was playing a uh, Pure Steel Paladin deck. And before game day, we played about, I don't know, 15 different games, and he won two. So he came Clearly over. You were out playing him, right? No, it was because I had Inferno Titan, and that deck can't win against Inferno Titan. <laughs> 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 yeah, Burst Lightning's and Inferno Titan is not good for that deck. So, uh, so yeah, so he, uh, he came over and was like, dude, you want to split? <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to feel like such a dick if I say no, you know? <laughs> so I was like, all right, we'll split. Because I wanted to get some food and, like, get ready for Legacy anyways. So um, freaking got food, and I had two – I okay, I have a bunch of Legacy cards, okay? But I didn't really want to play, like, Stoneforge deck, and I didn't really want to play, like, Dredge or anything – so I was like, I want to play either Storm or Reanimator. Like, that's what I feel like playing. That's what I want to play. So I brought to the store, like, I brought, uh, like, the core deck for Storm and Reanimator. But for Reanimator, I needed uh, four Entombs. And for Storm, I needed four um, Infernal Tutor. Okay. So I was thinking in my head, man, the store's got to have at least four Infernal Tutor, Right. If they don't like, if they don't have the entombs, then I can just go with the infernal tutors, and then I can play storm. So I get there, they have neither. Okay, and nobody. I'm trying to trade with everyone, and nobody has anything. So I ended up, uh, I ended up trading for one entomb and borrowing another entomb. Okay, and then I built the uh, reanimator deck that was like top eight at legacy champs minus two entombs. So I didn't have any other legacy cards on me because I just brought those two core, the core of those two decks, you know? So I went in my trade binder, and I was like, oh, what can I put in my deck instead of Entomb? So I was like, oh, I'll put a um, Intuition, right? And I'll put a Flusterstorm. So I took those out of my trade binder, put a Flusterstorm, Intuition, and, uh, and freaking played some Legacy. And uh, who, what did I play first round? I played Burn. I played Burn first round, and I reanimated a freaking Sphinx of the Steel win and crushed him in game one. Game two, I reanimated an Iona and crushed him. And so that was real easy. Uh, second second game, I played against uh, one of the guys who top eight at Legacy Champs, uh, Bernie Wynn. He was playing the same thing. He was playing at Legacy Champs, a uh, freaking uh, Stoneforge deck. And uh, I just beat him with Jin Kataxis, man. Holy smokes. Against those, like, control decks or the the freaking... Anything with blue, like, Jin Kataxis is just awesome. Like, it's just... What's that? I know. Yeah, I, I never got to yeah. play him until until that night. That's why way back I suggested that he be played in Reanimator, because, like, he's just so so stupid. You're just like, yeah, we'll have, a, we'll have some counter war over resolving this guy. We'll both have, like, you know, you'll use some of your cards, I'll use all my cards. Oh, good thing I'm res- drawing seven. Like, and yeah. then they get to have to get rid of their hand. It's just absurd. The fact that you also, you run four mental missteps in the reanimator deck. Yeah. Oh, it's just so stupid good, because you're just like, like you said, you fight over the Jink Taxes, and then you're like, oh, I get a Jink Taxes. 
draw seven. It's like mental misstep, brainstorm, force of will, you know, entomb reanimator spell. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, okay, first of all, if this guy could possibly kill my guy next turn, <laughs> I'm just going to reanimate another one, you know? <laughs> and, like, if he doesn't kill him next turn, he's on one card, and I have, like, a mental misstep and a force of will, you know? <laughs> so, oh, man, it's just so so dirty. Like, I don't find Jink attacks as good against other decks that can just put a real quick clock on you or, like, decks that have, like, heavy, heavy removal because you don't really get the value out of them. But, like, against the blue decks that, like, lean on, like, four swords to Plowshare and that's it, oh, man, he's so brutal. So, yeah, so I beat Bernie, and uh, I beat him game one, and I think he went on tilt a little bit because I was talking a bunch of smack, and I was just kind of like... Yeah, dude, I couldn't find two in tombs, so, uh, you know, I'm just playing two in tombs, just free-balling it, bro. <laughs> so, so I think that you just started getting a little bit annoyed, and so then uh, on game two, um, he had me kind of pinned under, like, uh, counter spells and stuff, so, like, I felt felt like if I didn't reanimate, like, that turn, that he was just going to get the in- inevitable like, edge on me, you know? And I was never going to be able to, to crawl out, right? So I fought him over something, and then the next turn I reanimated a Jinkataxis, right? But he had a uh, Caracas in play. Okay? So I'm like, well, he's just going to, I guess, bounce Jinkataxis or whatever, you know? But I had I had to go for it, because if I didn't, I was just going to, he's going to gain the inevitable edge and, like, and win, and I'm like, if for whatever reason, if he doesn't bounce it, I have a, I had a pithing needle in hand, right? Um, so I was like, okay, pass the turn or whatever. And he's like, okay. And he's like trying to find a Jace or something. And he had removed a Jace with his uh, Force of Will early in the game when we were fighting or whatever. So I'm just like, oh man, he's, he doesn't, he doesn't realize about the, about the uh, Caracas, you know? My Jinka Taxes was Japanese too. So I, he couldn't actually, like, have the reminder on the board that said legendary, you know? So I looked at his, uh, like, when it came to my turn, I looked at his his uh, remove pile, and I'm like, oh, you left your Jaces in, you know? And he's like, he's like, yeah, it's good in this matchup or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. And so, like, I'm just trying to get him in the head mindset, like, I'm going to Pithy Needle Jace, you know? Because I didn't want to, when I play the Pithy Needle, for the alarms to go off and him be like, oh, bounce your Jinkatex. So, like, I play Pithy Needle, and he goes, crack my fetch in response, and I'm like, okay. And then he's like, all right, Pithy Needle resolves. And I'm like, Caracas. <laughs> and I think at that point, he's just like, and I'm full life kill. <laughs> he was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude. Uh, oh, man. The bounce that Jake taxes. Oh, well. Five years. <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, so I played him. Uh, I won there, and then I played. That mind, that mind game was awesome, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, like I always do mind games, just because it's my only way to get an edge, you know. So um, so yeah, I played. Uh, I ended up playing someone else. I don't remember. Uh, I beat that deck somehow, and then I played a another blue white stone forge guy in the finals, and I was three zero. So like if I had if I drew this match then I just win. Um, 
So I just, like, first game, uh, he beat me. I had a Flusterstorm instead of a uh, Intomb in my hand. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like, oh, well, you know, this could have been an Intomb and I could have won, but uh, it's not. So I fought him over his Ancestral Visions with the Flusterstorm, which is kind of nice, but also would have just rather had the Intomb. And then, uh, then he beat me. Second game, I beat him. Uh, it was like a really tight game. I ended up having to, uh, dull rod so he couldn't, like, get rid of my graveyard. And then I had to do this weird succession of plays where I pithy needle his factory and his sort of feast and famine and then reanimate a, uh, freaking, uh, the guy who gains life, uh, Sphinx of the Steel Wind. Cause he had a click and I was like at one life. So I had to reanimate something that flies and, could gain me life. So, yeah, so then I won that game, and the third game I just mulled to a hand that he couldn't beat. Like, he couldn't beat me. Like, I couldn't win, really, with the hand, but he couldn't beat me with the hand. Like, so it was, like, no rod, pithing needle, force of will, and something else, but no, like, graveyard action. So I just mulled to that hand, and then I just uh, stalled the game and drew. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, when you're only working with two and tombs, man, you got to do what you got to do, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're... Obviously, you had limited resources. Uh, yeah, I had to use, like, uh, scumbag tricks and, uh, and and drawing, you know, to, to get there. So, so yeah, questions about Reanimator or whatever? Why are you so bad? Bad? Yeah. And magic? At huh? deck building. At deck building? Why are there only two entombs in your deck? Dude, I didn't have I didn't have four entombs, man. See, that's the part I don't buy of this story. I can buy like your opponents being terrible. I can buy you like I can even buy you mind tricking people. Yeah. But I can't buy you not owning four entombs. I know. It's it seems really funny. Expect, like this like, is... like I could you know, you say you don't own four four foil Japanese entombs, maybe I'd buy that. But come, on. <laughs> come on, John. I, so I the, actually. What really happened? This is the first tournament that I ever had a play in that I couldn't use the cards that I wanted to use. Like it was the first tournament that card availability was a problem for me. So, so would you like to, let's talk about that since we, you your attitude towards that before was always like, guys, just get the cards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just play better, you know. I, I still blame myself because I should have just got the entombs if I wanted to play that deck. But, like, I just got this wild inkling, like, at the end of the week, I want to play some Magic, you know? So I was like, well, I don't, I just felt like I don't want to play Stoneforge deck. I want to play, like, something like Reanimator or Storm. So, like, when I got home, I bought four Entombs on eBay. And then, because I figured I could just, I had only one. I was borrowing one from some other guy. And the one I had was Chinese that I traded for. So I figured I'll just get the four English, I'll trade the Chinese... And then I found out that some dude had a foil one, so I traded for the foil and tomb. Ding. And then I also got another foil and tomb. So now I have two foil and tombs, two regular, and I have like three or four in my trade binder. So you only have two foil ones, though. Yeah, yeah, only but two. But next yeah. time when you play tournaments, you're going to just play the foil ones? Yeah, I should, yeah. huh? you just be like, yeah, I'm playing the same list as last time. It worked. <laughs> How was uh, intuition? Um... I think I only cast it once, and it was for Force of Will. Okay. 
I think it didn't really didn't really come up. Um, the Entomb is just, I think, infinitely better. Just because you can do it on turn one and then turn two reanimate. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I also like full disclosure. So after winning that tournament, I was full disclosure. <laughs> so after winning that tournament, I was feeling like a badass, right? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm going to go get some Entombs. And like, watch me really crush when I got four Entombs, bitches, you know? So, like, so Saturday's Legacy, by the way. So there's a Saturday Legacies. So this last Saturday, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to go play Legacy with my new Reanimator deck, you know? So I go on, on the last Saturday, and um, I play against round one Dragon Stompy. Okay. And the only way I win the Dragon Stompy uh, matchup, because we were one and one, uh, the only way I win is because the guy misplays. I played a, I played a, like, I, he, I was dead, okay? He had a, he had a Termon's Crypt in play and, like, a dragon that was beating the shit out of me. And, like, so I play an Animate Dead, right? And, no, it was that stupid uh, Gotham Raiders that was beating the shit out of me, the one that you discard your like, cards, and then you flip them up. Uh, so, so I play Animate Dead, and he goes, Crypt you in response. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to target the dragon in your graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, oh. <laughs> 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 and so then I get his dragon, and I, and I just hold the fort until I can reanimate, like, something that gains me life. And then uh, I gain life and win. And so, like, I'm like, all oh, right, like, I'm going to win this tournament, too. So so then, like, second round, I just get destroyed by, uh, I think it was a blue-white Stoneforge deck. And this time, the guy just had all the answers. Like, I'm like, oh, and Tomb, he's like, mental misstep. I'm like, mental misstep. He's like, mental misstep. And I'm just like, <laughs> shit. So, like, <laughs> that's a blowout, you know. And then so he beat me, and then I lost again to something else. I don't even remember. And I was just like, all right. My my reign is over. I'm gonna go get a Philly cheesesteak and drown my sorrows. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's a visitor among us. What the hell's going on here? So, oh, who's that? Is that Drew Levin? Oh yes. <laughs> hey. Welcome back, Drew. Thanks. I uh I had some internet troubles, but thankfully those are resolved. So. Nice. I mean, you're you're just about an hour late. No big deal. Yeah, no, 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 no problem. <laughs> yeah, walking about an hour late. Very fashionable. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> these guys had to listen to me tell my terrible legacy stories this whole time. Gee, <laughs> sounds like I ran just. In he, time. he won. He won a twelve-player tournament. That was his highlight of the week <laughs> <laughs> of the year. Of the year, yeah. <laughs> so pro. Oh man. No one has any idea. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm pretty badass when I want to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, so what do you want to talk about, Drew? Oh you god, got some, you got some topics for us? Well, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, I have a few. Uh, I mean, we, we we could talk about the very safe one or the very risky one. Risky. Oh, risk. Yeah. Safe or risky? Your call. I, I like risky. Yeah, okay. I think yeah. I think people want to hear risky. Sure. Okay. So, um, 
over the last you know couple weeks, I mean, and th- this has been a constant sort of undercurrent of, um, you know, my awareness in the last couple months of playing Magic. Um, you know, it, I've known that Alex Bernicini has gotten game losses and warnings at multiple tournaments, looked into it, talked with AJ and Jerry and a bunch of other people, and for some reason, people continually have stories about how Alex did something shady. And um, it's gotten to the point where he consistently gets game lost for doing things where previously he did those same things, got warnings, and had excuses for them. And it's just gotten to the point where there's enough, you know, first-hand accounts of him doing things like drawing eight cards, getting duressed, you know, having their duress resolved and trying to pick up his remaining seven cards, or, you know, incorrectly resolving timely reinforcements, or... Uh, paying incorrect mana for color-specific cards, that um, it, it's pretty easy to just call the guy a cheater. And it's unfortunate, but I think that that's the point that we've reached. And obviously I'd like to see that change coming from Alex, uh, especially given how prominent he is on the SCG open circuit. But um, I think it, that it's time to call it what it is. Wow, talk about risky. <laughs> oh, man. I thought we were going to talk about... Did, like, uh, did, did, something, <laughs> did, did something happen specific to that in Boston? Um, something happened at uh, Gen Con, right? So he's playing in the finals of his Nationals grinder, and he's playing Cobblade with uh, Timely Reinforcements. And he's ahead on board, and he casts Timely Reinforcements, and he puts three tokens into play and says go. And those tokens directly contribute to him winning the game. Hmm. So right. I, w- I did not see this. Harrison Greenberg walked over, you know, a couple minutes after the grinder ended and said, you know, so, and, and asked, you know, a bunch of vague questions about what a spectator's obligation is when they see someone do something illegal. And I said, well, you at competitive, you don't stop the game and you call a judge and you describe what happened and the judge fixes it. Um, so he said, well, you know, Alex did this and this. And I said, well, that's not okay. Like, did you tell someone? And he said, well, you know, there's a judge sitting right there. I figured it probably wasn't my place. And I was like, no, it's not okay. And so at the Chicago TCG 75K, he received two game losses. Uh, the first one was for um, presenting a deck against a Monored opponent, and his game one sixty 60 um, had three timely reinforcements in it when he was playing a 2-2 split, uh, you know, two main, two side. Right. Um, and so when he gave his deck to the judge, he put the sideboard in facing the same way as the deck, they deck-checked him, you know, same as usual. It was very obvious what the 15 sideboard cards are, and found that he had three-in-one timely reinforcements. Now, before we presume any sort of guilt, you might say, oh, well, you know, it's easy to have a sideboard card slip into the main deck or a main deck card slip into the sideboard, but... And while the odds of that are already slim, 
having it be one of your two best cards in the matchup is astronomical. And the fact that a main deck card that was one of your worst cards in the matchup, making its way into the sideboard, also astronomical. So the judges were like, you're receiving a game loss for this. Um, you know, you, you presented a pre-sideboarded deck. And he said, no, no, no. Um, I gave you my deck with all the cards facing the same way. Um, you must have shuffled them around. There must have been a mistake. And they said, no, 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 no. Uh, you had three timely reinforcements very clearly in your main deck. And, you know, you're only playing two main. So uh, we're giving you a game loss. And he said, no, well, uh, that, that's, you know, I, I basically don't agree with that. I think that it's possible that something got flipped around or you guys messed it up somehow. And they said, well, the alternative is that we give you a game loss for uh, presenting a 75-card deck because you handed us 75 cards facing the same direction. <laughs> Regardless, you're getting a game loss. And so what he went around telling people was that he didn't pre-sideboard, but that the judges game lost him for presenting a 75-card deck when he had presented 60, which, you know, sounds like a very good I'm-the-victim story. Uh, mm-hmm. But what actually happened was the dude presented a deck where he, you know, was a timely reinforcement better than his main deck would uh, give him credit for. And the other one was just very simple. He peeled two cards in a draw step. His opponent asked him about it, and, you know, they figured out that he drew an extra card. And, you know, just the classic, like, grab two cards, which, yes, could have been a mistake, also could have not been a mistake. I mean, no real way of knowing, and it's just a matter of whether you're inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt, which, at this point, in knowing him in hearing all of the stories I'm less inclined to do, especially given that um, his, his exp- my experience with watching him play Merfolk is that he, he's done a lot of the, like, bend the rules, gain small advantages, but um, play it off very easily if you get caught sort of things. Um, he's viled in mirror retries and attacked with them in the same turn, for instance. Um, he's cast free submerges against opponents that don't have forests. Like, he's wastelanded his opponent's only bayou, and then submerged his opponent's bob or whatever. Um, which obviously, you know, it could be anything, but mm-hmm. I mean, that just is. Hmm. You know, like, um, I have to say, like, I don't play as competitive, competitively as you do, so I don't travel in the same circles where, like, I hear rumors, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I like Alex. Like, I've met him, like, on, a, on like, a social level, you know? And uh, and I get along with him. Um, I mean, just because I, I like him doesn't mean he doesn't do shady things at the card table, you know? Um, right. But it's funny, it's funny you should mention that, because the first time I ever heard about Alex Bernicini was there was a there was like a double Star City Games like standard tournament like in Roanoke or something like this was years ago when I first started yeah, playing this was his breakout weekend yeah yeah so when I first started playing like I was totally impressed by this because I guess he played fairies in both both tournaments right if I if I have it correctly correct he played he played fairies and like it was like uh, seventy 
five, uh, 72 of the 75 he played the day before. And basically, like, that tournament, he had won both of them. So I was like, holy smokes, who is this kid? Like, freaking <laughs> winning two tournaments in a row? This is freaking insane, you know? And, like, so I started reading in the forums. And in the forums, there was a big, like, outcry of people saying, oh, this kid's a cheater. Like, he has a long history of cheating. And, like, I don't, it doesn't surprise me that he would win both these because, you know, he cheats and blah, blah. And, like, at the time, I was just like, man, so much hate for this guy. Like, it, it, it seems like, it seemed to me at the time, like, a lot of jealousy, you know? People were just kind of jealous that he won both, you know? Yeah. But, like, but, like, nowadays, like, I've heard, like, rumblings here and there, <laughs> you know, kind of, like, just here and there, and I'm just kind of like, oh, maybe it's still that, like, whole persona that he's carrying with him, like, in his, like, his magic career, you know? And, but now to hear it from you, like, I, I trust you. I, I know I know you better than I know Alex, you know? And uh, and I trust your judgment on most things, and, and uh, it's just interesting. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not 100% like going to say, like, he's a cheater, but <laughs> but it just adds more credence to the stuff that I've been hearing, like, ever since I first started playing Magic, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've heard from New York players that, his deck was foil except for a specific selection of non-foils. The non-foils were his basic lands and bitter blossoms. He then oh, wrote an article. He then wrote an article about how the most important two things in the fairy mirror were in order, turn two bitter blossom, and then turn one ancestral vision. That he called them the king and queen of the fairy mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you've heard of foil cheats, right? Like you can shuffle a foil to your deck. Yeah. Yeah. Basically um, because of the bandit the foil. Like. Right. So imagine if everything is a foil except for something, you could shuffle that non foil to the top of your deck, right? Yeah, sure. So, um, it should come as no surprise to you that that year Alex was qualified for nationals and a judge ruled his deck, uh, inadmissible for play at, U.S. Nationals, because it was marked. Mm. That, that, that same fairies deck, the one that had won the 5K and then the 2K in Roanoke that weekend. Uh-huh. Inadmissible. It's funny because, like, you guys know this history more live because, like, magic was, like, probably much more, like, a big part of your life at the time. Like, for me, like, this was, like, 10 minutes of my lunch break <laughs> While I was reading this article, and I'm just like, this kid is crazy, you know? And then I read the forum <laughs> stuff, I'm like, dude, these people hate this guy. And then I'm like, oh, anyways, back to work. I mean, yeah. nowadays, like, you know, my life is very, like, surrounded with magic and, like, you know. But then, it was so funny, because I was so far removed, and, like, I just didn't care. But now all these people have faces, you know? <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Right, yeah, absolutely. And I just see a feeling that you, John, when I first heard about Brunchini... Uh, when he was doing well, I'm like, who is this kid? And a lot of my online friends were telling me that he, he was very sketchy. But that's, like, before I, I heard. So I had the same exact experience with you than you. I mean, by the same token, there's a lot of people out there who call me a dirtbag and like, a thief <laughs> and, uh, you that. know, like, yeah, you but, know, a Satan worshiper. Uh, you, know. you know what, guys? Maybe we have the new uh, bad guy of magic, man. Oh, Alex, man. He's taking your spot, <laughs> homie. Man, they're both Alexes. 
Uh, just so Drew knows, Alex wants to be known as the badass <laughs> of the Pro Tour. The badass or the bad guy? The, the badass bad guy. So, so he wants to be like the Mike Long who gets laid all the time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I told him you have to get laid for that, and he just wasn't <laughs> listening. I don't know. Like, <laughs> oh, Johnny. <laughs> So what what do you what do you think, Drew? Like, what do you think we should do with this info? Like, or this this I don't want to call it information. I guess uh, you know because a lot allegations. of allegations allegations. I like that. So here's the thing. I don't want the kid to get suspended. I don't want him to get banned. Um, I want him to change his play. I want him to come clean about what he's done. Um, I think that he still has a positive enough image in the magic community that if he says, yes, I did this and this, um, you know, I messed up, I was under pressure, and I took the easy way instead of the honorable way, that people would respect that. And people would say, you know, that's messed up, but, like, kudos for having the balls to admit it to everyone. And he changes, he reforms. Um, that that's like my best case scenario, um, because all of the other scenarios involve more of this, more of calling him out, making sure that people who play against him don't get exploited, making sure that everyone has the opportunity for a fair tournament. Because the last thing that I or anyone else wants is for the SCG Open Series to get the reputation as a tournament that harbors, protects, features, advertises, and puts cheaters on a pedestal. Um, this would be less of a problem if Alex Bertoncini weren't winning all the time. The fact that he's constantly in the spotlight, the fact that he's one of four level eights, and, one, and the fact that he keeps winning these tournaments is a huge problem when his wins are of questionable integrity. Mm -hmm. And until he addresses this, because right now I cannot be persuaded that he has not intentionally um, and illegally manipulated game states. So, until he comes clean about that and shows that he is capable and willing of um, changing his behavior, then... Th this just has to continue because everyone deserves to play fair games of magic and um right and, and if there's a known cheater um you know playing at the highest levels playing a bunch of rounds of all of the open series tournaments then what are we supposed to do but call it exactly what it is make people aware and you know submit the kid to a few more game one uh, deck checks as soon as he presents his deck um, watch him very closely ask him how many cards he has in his hand more than usual and do that and give him fewer opportunities to cheat and I, I, I wish there was a better solution but the problem with cheating is that you just have to you know keep on it keep vigilant and hope that the person changes but expect that they won't so like this is you bringing this information to us, 
or these allegations, rather. <laughs> I keep saying yeah. information. But um, who else, like, who else supports your stance to, like, this stance to, like, call Alex out and to be like, hey, dude, play, like, play honorable games, don't cheat, you know, come clean. Like, who else is, like, in this, uh, is there a group of you guys who, who support this, or is it just you, something that you um, just I kind of... I speak for myself, however, I know that um, th- there are a broad range of people who have witnessed him, uh, you know, playing less than honorable games, right? Like, Mm-hmm. A lot of the stories that I'm telling you come from people like AJ and Jerry, mm-hmm. who have just sat there next to him and watched him cheat, watched him cast forceless emerges, watch him, you know, violent creatures and attack with them. Just and what did they do about it? Um, tell everyone that they know so that they don't get cheated. And you know, but did they did they call a judge or judges that um, Alex is up to no good and to watch him? But mm-hmm. I mean, you, you guys presumably have seen the two links that I posted uh, on my Twitter feed about the St. Louis coverage from a couple years ago, right? I saw it. <laughs> I didn't yeah. see it. Um, me, me too. I saw it. I, I okay. don't sit around on Twitter all day, you know. Yeah, bullshit, Medina. <laughs> You caught my sarcasm, I see. (laughs) Called out. Hey, we're calling out Alex Bird's cheating right now, right? We're not calling out. Fill Medina in on uh, exactly what what that was. So so Drew gave us two links. One link was uh, coverage of one of Alex's matches, Uh and the other link was Alex's 75. And... uh, Maybe I have the wrong answer here, Drew, but in his in game one, you see him use a card that's actually in his sideboard, if I'm not mistaken. Very and win And win the game with it. Yeah, Sour of Temptation. Yeah. So his opponent's playing Reanimator, and his big like tech for that tournament, because Merfolk was so popular, um, was Platinum Angel. And... None of the Merfolk lists, and th- this guy is Andy Hansen, he's an Iowan, um, uh-huh. and so Alex's deck has no game one outs to a Platinum Angel in play. Uh, you know, presumably uh, he can level up some Coral Helm commanders and block, but the guy can eventually get to an Inkwell Leviathan and put that into play as well and just attack Alex to death. Um, so, Alex draws a Sower of Temptation on turn two, which is not in his main deck, and proceeds to wait the entire game with the card in his hand, and eventually get Andy to negative 16, and then cast it, and then Andy tries to force a will, turns out you can't pay life when you're at negative life, and (laughs) so Andy loses. Thing is, that's one of his sideboard cards. Like, that was one of his two sideboarded Sorrow of Temptations. Wow, nobody caught that, huh? I mean, people caught it. Like, people have apparently discussed it before, but um, the only comment that Alex has ever offered on it was that uh, he and Jared Silva 
talked it over. Um, what that means is anyone's guess, but um, I have, you know, I have a few guesses ranging from very innocent to uh, very insipid. You know, it could just be that they caught it far enough after the fact that there was no real punishment that could be meted out, mm-hmm. right? That they just, that they were like, yep, well, this is messed up, don't do it again, like, clean up your act. Um, wow, like, I mean, I don't want to say, like, if I drew, like, a solar temptation and I knew it was, like, tech for that match, like, I wouldn't say something. But I think I would just say, like... Like, you have to you have to put yourself in Alex's head and be like, what was he thinking when he even if it was like a complete accident that the sower was in his main deck, right? Once he drew the card and was like, oh shit, sower information that's in my sideboard. Like he had to at that point be like, okay, there's something wrong here, you know? Right. And like I've done it in the past, and I haven't done it at high levels of tournament play because I don't play in high levels. But like I've done it in the past where I'm just like crap, like, my sideboard is still in my main deck. I'm unsideboard and just call a judge. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and it's just, like, it's just, to me, this is, like, blatant that, you know, even if it was there by accident, he should have said something when he drew it. You know? I agree. And, and it's very handy that it was there by accident, if it was. Like, right, just yeah, the, like, the, to go back to the timely reinforcements thing, it's possible that it was an accident, but then we have to look at, like, what does that mean? And I did some research, and his previous round opponent was Dredge. So it's possible that the Sower was in there from the Dredge matchup. However, if that's the case, then Tormod's Crypt should have been there as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was a pretty long game, and he never drew Tormod's Crypt. Mm-hmm. Um, according to the coverage, which notes, like, occasionally what cards he draws. And... If he ever drew a Tormod script, then that would have been, you know, a huge uh, problem for Bill Stark. And I feel like Bill Stark probably would have had the presence of mind to stop the match and call it Judge. Because no Merfolk deck main decks Tormod crypts. Yeah, and there was times where Alex was running a single Sower main, right? Um, I believe so, but I believe that also happened later. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, um... So yeah, and I mean, it, it could have, I mean, it could have been that he thought he had sideboarded everything out except for the sower. But we still come back to the point where it's like you draw a sower, you know that's not your main deck. Now you have a, a choice, you know. Right. And he just chose to win a game that he shouldn't have won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've been in some some pretty hairy situations where I gotta admit, like sometimes I just think and say. Man, what do I do? Like, there's been times where, like, uh, somebody's attacked with a goblin guide, right? And, like, maybe they attack three times with a goblin guide, and every time it's a land, right? So I rip every time the goblin guide attacks. And there's been times where it's just, like, they attack, it's a jace, I rip. And then, like, two turns later, I'm like, wait a second, like, I see more cards than I should be seeing, like, from a preordain or whatever, you know? And I'm like... I think I ripped my Jace when they attacked with the Goblin <laughs> Guide, you know? Yeah, because, like, that's Because, yeah, because I'm like, whoa, I'm like, I should only have two new cards, but I have three, you know? 
And, like, uh, so, like, there's been times like that, and, like, what do I do at that point? Like, I just be, like, judge, or do I just keep playing? Like, I, I, had, I had the same thing happen to me in round one of a PTQ. The guy attacks with Goblin Guide. I reveal, I think, Mana Leak. I draw it. <laughs> and then I go with them, my turn, I draw again. He's like, judge, uh, game loss. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did that, and, like, the thing that sucked for me is that I was already, like, winning. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I didn't have to cast the Jace to win. I didn't have to do anything to win. I just, you know, won. And, like, I was just thinking in my head, like, should I call the judge of myself because I ripped that, I'm pretty sure I ripped that Jace off that Goblin Guide, you know? So, like, I drew an extra card, even though the card was inconsequential, you know? Just so, spoiler alert, I didn't call a judge because I was just, like, didn't realize it until I was already, like, two turns in, and I'm just like, well, it's done now, you know? Yeah. So yeah, how did so you resolve that situation? I, ju- I just played it out. I didn't call a judge. Yeah. I did nothing. So, <laughs> so I mean, I did nothing but draw an extra card. <laughs> yeah, no, no biggie. Just, you know, a game lossable offense. No worries, Medina. You're, 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 you're still going to heaven. <laughs> hey, I'm just, I'm, I'm having honest talk here, you know? So, yeah, of course. I, I, can, I can understand the struggle. Um, like, for me, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a game winning, like, rip, you know? I probably should have called the judge, but, like, at the time when you're playing, you're just like, well, what do you do? Like, I'm already winning. Like, I freaking ripped the card when I shouldn't have ripped the card, you know? So I can, I can, um, I guess I can identify with the struggle there. Yeah, because you're certainly walking a very fine line there. (laughs) You know, I'm pretty sure you're on the other side of it. Like I, I would, I would call a judge there. Like that actually happened where I, you know, I, I realized I had, I had, uh, had not, uns- I had not sideboard yeah. from the previous game, like turn ten or whatever, and I draw like a negate that was supposed to be my sideboard, and I'm like right away, I'm like, all right, you just won this one, judge, and then we go into game two. But uh, I was just going to bring that up, Alex, too, against Justin Richardson, right? Yeah. I was I was playing a sealed game last week and I was playing black white and then I draw a forest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that that's a problem. And yeah. uh, I realized that like there were some lands lying around that got shuffled into my deck. <laughs> but that wasn't like a really big sanction game, so like I took all uh, took out all the forests out of the deck and. <laughs> I, I think like for me and I mean like I said there's plenty of times where I call the judge on myself you know or like I realize that something is is off you know and uh, and call a judge or whatever but like there's are there are times man where it's just kind of like well what are you going to do you know and you have to make a decision between your you know integrity and the game the game at hand like the thing is, where do you draw the line? Like, where do you, where does it, was, does you know, just playing the game end and like cheating begin? And I mean, I, personally, I, I consider the line is where the, the DCI rules. Like that's, you know, that's where the, uh, the line has officially been drawn. So 
if you know if you realize you've drawn an extra card, you should call a judge. I agree. I agree 100. percent I'm just saying I didn't that time. Oh, <laughs> you know, like bad Medina. Like yeah, Medina it had a, something it, on his conscience. It, it was a bad. It was a bad call, <laughs> man. I'm waiting to get that off my chest, guys. You know? <laughs> you're wearing death the chains. You screw, screw Alex Bertini, like, man. This is Medina confession hour. <laughs> <laughs> No. Tell me, son, how have you sinned? <laughs> no, but this is a... It's, it's a topic, so I'm adding to the topic. It's basically... I, I can understand where, you know, where there's a, there's a temptation. And I guess my whole point is that even though there's a temptation that we should still abide by the rules, because without the rules, like, the game doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Right. And so... And, well, I, I think the difference... Like, there's... Like, the big moral difference, I think, is, like, you made a mistake, and, like, maybe some somebody else is doing, like, is cheating on purpose. I think there's, like, when, if you're doing a mistake, like, I think it's not, uh, it's not as bad as, as just plainly be cheating, you know? Yeah, like, I'm, I think there's a difference between, like, I think my mistake turned into cheating when I didn't call the judge when I realized. Exactly. Like, what, I think what happened, like, drawing the extra card by accident, I think, like, that's fine. But when you realize that it happened and then you don't call a judge, that's cheating. Like, that's, the, that, that's wrong. The way I rationalized it in my mind is that I was, like, three turns in and I was winning. But the point I'm trying to make is that mm-hmm. there is no, there, there's no excuse for not calling a judge. And this whole this whole thing started with the sower of temptation, right? Right. So so what I'm just saying is like here's a similar situation that happened to me. I also I also <laughs> made a bad judgment call and didn't call the judge, you know, where I should have and I rationalized it in my mind to allow myself to cheat. You know, and I didn't at this point I know like after thinking about it I'm like, yeah, I should have called the judge, you know, but that's what happened. I yeah. mean there was there was another time where it happened again. And it just keeps happening. No. More confessions. No, 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 no. Listen, this is a different situation where it happened again where I drew off a goblin guide. Freaking goblin guide, dude. I hate that card. <laughs> so, like, I drew off a goblin guide. I didn't even notice. Um, and I never noticed until, like, we're driving home. And we're driving home, and some guys, like, who was driving us is like, yeah, Medina, like, in this one game, you drew off a goblin guide, like, an extra card. And I'm like, no, I didn't. And he's like, yeah, you did. Because remember, he like repainted the whole situation. And he's like, I was going to call a judge, but I didn't. And I'm like, why would you not call the judge? Like, I'm okay with you calling a judge. It was an accident. It's not like I purposely did it, you know? And so, like, that's a different situation. Because for me, like, I had no opportunity to call a judge because I didn't realize that I had drawn off the guide again, you know? Something I think a lot of people don't realize is that, like, Calling a judge isn't a dick move. Like you should just always call a judge if you're not sure of what's supposed to be happening. Like yeah, for sure. Even if, if something's if weird happening, playing, or yeah. or if you're not sure about any ruling, or or you know, like some somebody drew an extra card or looked at an extra card or whatever, just call the judge and things will be resolved. And and if you would have called the judge right then, it would have been fine because I revealed the card from Goblin Guide, right? So by coming back. Like calling a judge, it's easy for me to put the card back because the, the my opponent knows what the card is. I know what the card is, and so 
there it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's an easy fix. Just call a judge and be like, he drew an extra card off his goblin gun. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that that's the right thing to do. And I agree. <laughs> you always agree with Drew. No, I don't always agree with Drew. <laughs> it's always way better if you catch it early like that, right? Because if you take five turns later, like, it's, it's pretty much too late to do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah, at that point, it's probably just a game lost. <laughs> so, um... So, yeah. I've had I've had the same thing happen to me, John. I actually, like, quote-unquote cheated at my national qualifiers, actually. Ooh, confession time with KYT, <laughs> man. Let's, let's hear it. So I basically killed, but I only found out after when my friend told me, like, after I'd had handed in my result slip that uh, I had killed a Phyrexian Crusader uh, using Mortar Pod and Squadron Hawks. And, uh... Mortipod states that the creature is dealing the damage, yeah. and with Phyrexian yeah. Crusader being pro-white, I couldn't have possibly done that. But uh, well, that I did be, not. That, that actually brings me to sick legacy story. <laughs> my, my friend Nick LeBlanc. So, You're robot voicing, Alex. <laughs> am I okay now or am I still a robot? No. Fix it or we're dropping you, Alex. Yeah, you're still a robot. <laughs> Hello? Hey, R2-D2. Come on now. <laughs> My computer seems to be screwing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is the worst. Yeah, it's just confession hour. <laughs> You're just getting confession into the sixth secret, legacy yeah. story. Let, let me give my confession, then. You already did. <laughs> no, go ahead, Frank. No, uh, like, when I, like, in the PTQ that I won... <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa. My okay. big, uh, my big mistake was on that. The Pro Tour. Here we go. It's it was a PTQ. Right? Anyway. Yeah, but then you qualified for Philly, right? Like I'm gonna see you there. Then you're gonna like run the same cheat on me. Is that how it's gonna go? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I don't think I never trust them, man. <laughs> I don't. I think you'd notice those this type of occurrence. What happened is that I had I was playing. Uh, this is for Proto Austin, yeah, right? Yeah, that well, yeah, that was what qualified me for Proto Austin. So I was playing mono white Kitkins, uh, and uh, I was playing against um, some guy had like a mono green elves deck, and uh, I I had uh, what's it called Eater Sworn Cannonist in play, and. Uh, <laughs> He was like he like he was just casting one health a turn, so I was kind of like slowing him down. But he was kind of like slowly like building up his board and everything. So what it is, I attacked with a bunch of guys, including the cannonist, <laughs> and uh, I had a, a Windbrisk Heights in play with uh, with a, a Spectral Procession under it, and. Uh, he blocked. He blocked my uh, my cannonist, and he was trying like to trade with him with like a random two two guys. And then I cast I cast Armsway to uh, redirect the damage, <laughs> save my cannonist, and then oh. I triggered my uh, I triggered <laughs> my Windrush guides. But like officially, I I shouldn't have been able to cast the second spell basically. But like the Ooh. guy. Didn't the, the the guy didn't catch it, and like I didn't catch it while I was doing it, you know. 
<laughs> and then, like, on the next turn, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I actually heard a different what? version of the story that, like, basically you thought Canonist was just for your opponents. <laughs> but, 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 but like, there's... There's there's cards like that, you know, like you're playing a sideboard card, like you're you're like you're thinking it's gonna hose your opponent, but it's symmetrical, you know, like you <laughs> don't like fully realize, you know, what's happening. So so you did that, and then uh, and then you just played it out when you realized you didn't call yeah, it exactly. Good. That's what I did. Oh, Frank. <laughs> so you want Frank to PTQ, huh? Oh man. Well, I mean, apparently well, when you cheat, it's much easier to win. Elves, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> Frank! <laughs> Frank and John, bad. <laughs> oh, man. I, I've well, also had like, times that uh, my opponent, like, did stuff that they weren't allowed to do, but then I didn't realize it till after. Like, uh, just weird stuff, you know? Like, they cast one drops when they have, like, you know, uh, Chalice on one, you know? But I, like, I think my, uh, like, what I did, it wasn't, like, really, like, I wouldn't have had a game loss for that, I think. Because by the time, by the time I realized that, you know, like, too much, like, it was already, like, his next turn, and, like, he was doing stuff, you know, and I think I would have just got, like, a warning at that point. Yeah. Like, you get to trigger Windbrush Kites, but then you don't actually get to play it. Yeah, or I think cast it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you're legally allowed to play the ability, but you're not allowed to cast the card. Yeah, but if you if you realize that like the turn after, like they're not gonna take away your turn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You just get a warning for violation of game rules or whatever. I think you both players will actually, right? Because both yeah. players' responsibility. Yeah. yeah. But so, so what do you think, you... Drew? Like, do you have but, any questions? Like, I ended up because I had these flying guys. <laughs> Frank sounds so shameless. <laughs> He's like, yeah, and then I killed him because I had these flyers. How lucky. <laughs> and then he was casting one heritage druid a turn, you know. <laughs> that card was so good for me. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's So, so my uh, the legacy story about Mortopod. So my this is a, actually GP Providence. My friend is playing Murf, blue white Merfolk. So Merfolk splashing white for Stoneforge, and his opponent's playing some sort of blue white control deck with Peacekeeper, which he has in play. And my friend has enough Merfolk to kill him if he ever gets to attack. And the, his opponent plays the Piling Needle and uh, names. Mortipod because he's seen it previous game to be able to kill uh, kill Peacekeeper. My friend end of turn disenchants it. The guy forces it. My friend untaps plays Mortipod. The guy's like, okay, that's fine. And he shoots the uh, shoots the <laughs> Peacekeeper and says, what? You can't do that. Piling needles on Mortipod says, yeah, it's the token that gains the ability. <laughs> and Mortipod, you just can't equip it to anything. <laughs> so he attacks with two guys and kills them. <laughs> yep, that's very true. <laughs> It was pretty and it's funny. not even like you can name Germ either. Like Germ's not a card, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did that one time. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I named Germ and won the game, and I knew I was doing it. 
It was awesome. Whoa! <laughs> Regina, to shoot every angle possible. I'm just joking, dude. <laughs> so, so Medina, when are you have like? Are you gonna have your custom token made so that we can use it as a germ token? <laughs> that would be awesome. But isn't like isn't that whole uh, thing Edgar Flores' thing? Isn't he germ tokens? He's got that token that has his face on it, right? Uh, that was, that's only because there's this, like, underage girl who made him a token, so I heard. Whoa. Oh, wow. Underage yeah, girl. Underage girl. Hey, we're, we're going beyond no. the scene at the SCG now. No, let's, not, uh, let's not talk about that, because then it's confession hour with Medina, and I have to talk about <laughs> underage girls. <laughs> Aren't you married? Do you not have confessions about underage girls at this point? Dude, this was way before I was married, bro. <laughs> This is crazy. I, I live a pretty. Uh, this is crazy. Pretty, <laughs> I That's live really a just before you got your religion too. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was like in between. Whoa. In between. Yeah, I had a. I had a. Um, what the Christians would call a valley. There's a valley experience, you know, mm-hmm. which is basically code word for do what the hell I want. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I had one of those situations going on. But yeah. let let me. I mean, I just me live just... in the valley all the time. It's called being Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good valley, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I visit from time to time, you know, or used to at least. Yeah. So, so, uh, so, but like, honestly, Jonathan, like, you were banging the chick, and then you were like in the middle of it. You realized she was underage. <laughs> <laughs> that point, like, it was too late, you were already winning, so you were like, oh, might as well finish. Oh, <laughs> that's how it oh, went fuck. down. <laughs> wow. Oh, good. That was good, Frank. Yeah, that was good. That was, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, you're halfway, like, just as easy to go over as to turn around and go back, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't call it judge on yourself at that point. No, it's easier to, end, you know, you know? to ask for forgiveness, you know. <laughs> the Christian yeah, thing might, to might do is to just to sin and then ask for forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the way. That's the way of the Christian. Unfortunately. <laughs> oh man, I don't. I'm like I'm like teetering between like uh, between like. Uh, I don't know. I feel like we kind of made a joke about this whole thing when uh, when it it's probably really serious. So right, right. I'm, I'm kind of like I, I want to take the jokes further, but then I want to like also give credence to this situation because it's really a it's an important situation, you know. So well, I mean, we yeah. don't want people cheating, right? Because then magic devolves into people like who can cheat better rather than who can play magic better. Obviously, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I spent some time in uh, the Midwest recently, and I I was talking with Chapin about, uh, you know, the notion of cheating, and he said uh, something that was really interesting about Mike Long. He said, well, to really understand Mike Long, you have to understand that he viewed cheating in the same way that we view counting cards in a casino at a blackjack table. That he saw it the same way. That it wasn't, you know, this egregious violation of, you know, what what is right. It's that it was another way to win the game. Another way to gain a small edge. 
I see what you're saying. Um, and and so like that's that's what he did. He just cheated constantly. Hmm. Which which has to like it also has to kind of suck, right? Like, for for the mindset of a cheater, how infuriating does it have to be to like cheat constantly and still lose? <laughs> like, at that point, don't you just have to be completely tilted? You're like, look, man, I'm cheating. Like, what more can I possibly be doing to try and win this game? And I'm still not winning. Play better. It's like an arms race, you know? Like, yeah, just have to cheat more and more, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, like, once when I start, started playing Magic, one guy, you know, I like, after beating a guy, he's like, man, you're so bad, you didn't even notice I was drawing four cards a turn against you, and you still beat me. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> That's when you say, yeah. yeah, I did notice, bro, I just figured you needed him. <laughs> then he's like, Judge, not, <laughs> not maintaining game state. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, man. Uh it's a it's a it's an important thing that uh, that we all should take notice of. I like the way that it's different for you guys who play it more professionally, you know? I mean, there's been EDH games where like all my friends are cheating just because it's funny, you know what I mean? Like, they're all trying to do the most ridiculous thing, like, trying to cheat the most ridiculous way, you know, because of the funny thing. But, like, when you're talking about money and uh, people spend their life, like, they, they do this to get paid, you know, for their livelihood, and you got someone, like, in among them, like, just cheating, like, I think that's uh, that's really bad. It's it's uh, It's highly unethical because... You know, these people are basically eating, filling their gas tank and this kind of stuff with with magic and playing a fair game, and now they have to play against a cheater, you know? Right. Yeah. So, Drew, what was the, the less risky topic you wanted to discuss? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I just wanted to talk about modern. <laughs> the format's sweet. Oh, man. <laughs> 